Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Life House. I'm Mimo Elizabeth and today I have a special guest with me on this episode and we're going to be having really nice conversations about positioning yourself for career growth. And today on the podcast, I have Heather Cohen. Heather is a good friend and it's interesting how we met and it's just, you know, how God just brings people's path together. And it's just really nice to have met Heather and know her. And um, one of Heather's guiding principles is the belief that when individuals are equipped with the tools that they need, their lives really can be changed. And professionally, Heather is a career development and HR professional, and she's used her expertise in the field of people development and social work and all of that. And it'll be really nice to just learn from Heather today as we have this nice conversation about positioning yourself for career growth, regardless of where you are. Welcome to this podcast, Heather. It feels like you're like a second time guest, but not technically like a first time (laughs) It feels like your second time. So how are you? I am well, thank you. It's funny, I, I actually forgot how you and I really, like how this conversation got started, but it was because of a fire alarm. I don't know if you recall that. We were outside right. and like it, because we were outside, we were removed from our work. Right. So we weren't able to continue doing our job. So we're just hanging out in the parking lot waiting to go mm-hmm. back into the building. And that's that from... I don't know, like a year or two, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, just, it's weird because of the fire. Yeah, alarm, like a year now. That is how, <laughs> that is how we landed here. Otherwise, otherwise our conversations were very like all work focused, and then there we were, left outside yeah. of a parking lot for five minutes in a crowd. <laughs> and then that conversation just started from there. Yeah. And- it's just nice to have you Heather and we're just going to be sharing this next conversation so just tell me a bit more about your background how did you get to this point you're an HR professional you've been in the social work space how did you arrive at this point yeah so I actually just want to clarify I'm actually not a social worker that's a whole other field of things which I'm interested in but I am not technically down that road I am in social services which is like to my understanding slightly different but the same idea so I, so I grew up in the church, grew up here in KW and very people focused. I was like, yeah, I love administrative stuff and I love people. So I was funneled in without proper career advice, was funneled into HR, human mm-hmm. resource management. And it was like, well, if you're business minded and you like people, that is definitely where you belong. Mm-hmm. Um, in my, at the end of my second or my first year, I went on a missions trip, I like a win and spin them kind of missions trip which I will never do again, but I went on that variety (laughs) of missions trip and it was very eye-opening for a lot of reasons. And I came home and I was like, I have no desire to actually be in an HR department helping put towards doing all this work that is like perceived as supposed to be taking care of the employees, but really it's benefiting the corporation. Mm. So it was at that time though, that I was learning recruitment, selection, hiring, grounds for dismissal, all of these kinds of things that significantly impact one's career. And I'm like, well, wait a second. So the people that I am hanging out with who live on the streets of downtown Toronto, they've got a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And where I was living in, well, also in Toronto, I I was in the basement of a semi-detached home and in a small little room 
with an entire family in the room next to me, as well as two international students. So clearly an illegal apartment. And the people that I was with didn't know how to get jobs in Canada. And I'm like, I am currently learning mm-hmm. how to hire people in this country. And what are you looking for on a resume? And I'm like, you know, so many people don't know this skill. So I decided at that time in my second year of university that what I'm doing today is what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about my career path later, um, I think, but it's been a messy road to get to where I am. Um, I had to be convinced to actually stay in my schooling because I'm like, I don't want right. to do this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm very grateful that I did because the education that I didn't really see a point in is part mm-hmm. of why I am where I am now. Mm-hmm. Laid a really great foundation for things. Um, I've never worked in the human resource department, but I've done HR work and social work my entire adult years mm-hmm. so because of the foundation of the human resource knowledge that I gained over those four years so that's right. like the, the sort of short long version of mm-hmm. how I landed where I am now right isn't it just interesting how excuse me how we just kind of start on a path right and we are, you know, initially we're just like, it's really what I want to do. It's like, okay, people are like, okay, maybe you should try this out. And then as you move along, you realize that certain events in your life or certain things in your life happen and it just stirs up that passion. And you're like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you went on this mission trip and you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, I think this is, this is where I want to be really beautiful. Um, one of the things I know about you, Heather, and just as you've mentioned, you're an HR practitioner, right? You've, you've been, you've, you've worked um, in the human resources space. And now you kind of work in that intersection between like career counseling. I know you do a lot of work with young people, you know, career counseling and social work and all of that. So in your opinion, Heather, what would be some of the questions that people ask, you know, or some of the tips and advice and just the things that bother young people around finding their right career and, and getting it right on that career path for themselves? And, and what would be your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Well, one of the reasons that I actually enjoy working with the younger group of, of job seekers is because, well, first of all, I would have never gone into HR. I didn't, I don't not belong <laughs> in HR. I would have gone elsewhere if I had mm-hmm. had adequate career coaching at right. you know, like grade 10, 11, when right. you're being steered into different professions. If I had a better idea than the default of you like people, you like business, so mm-hmm. therefore you're in HR. So a good question is, you know, how, what do I, what is going to be, how do I have a successful career, right? So some of the things that I like to do, or I guess the primary thing I like to do is, is actually explore what mm-hmm. is even out there for mm-hmm. individuals. It's really mm-hmm. when it comes to careers, they're so individualized. So your question of what are people asked, they're kind of all along the same genre of things. And I think it's not just young people who are asking these questions, but just humans in general who are not loving what they are doing to earn an income right now are asking, how do I get a job? How do I get the job I want? Why is no one hiring me? Why is no one calling me for an interview? Or when I get an interview, why am I not getting the job? Like I get all these Mm -hmm. interviews and I never get a job offer. Mm -hmm. Why am I not getting that? 
why why am I always being overlooked for a promotion? I'm working so, I am the hardest worker here and I'm being overlooked for a promotion. And it all basically comes to how do I have a successful career? Right. Which then leads into the big question is, what is career success? Hmm. What does that look like, right? Yeah, because I don't know, your version of career success might not be my version of career success mm-hmm. and when we really get down to it is you know the question of how do you advance your career or how do you have a successful career the very first thing is what does that look like to you what one version's version what one version's person's version of success is is not the same version of somebody else's you know, and I was raised in a very like capitalist version of, you know, success is, is always like step up, right? It's a pile of steps. It's, it's a baby step to get to the next step, to get to the next step, to get to the next step, to get to the highest possible level that you can within the organization. You are making the most money with the best title. That is career success. And you will do what it takes to get to there. Mm-hmm. Then I marry my husband and into his family. And his mother spent decades declining promotions. Like, mm-hmm. what in the, like, what? My dad is busting his butt to move up the ladder. And my mother-in-law is they know I don't want it. the directors. Like, she knows everything. She could run the department. And she has no desire to. Mm-hmm. So she declined promotions for her entire career, pretty much. She got the job that she liked, she was good at. She showed up, she made her own hours, she showed up for work, and she did her job, closed her computer, left the job at the office, and came home. And my dad is sitting at home at the kitchen table after a 12-hour workday, still working. Mm-hmm. I, whoa, these are totally different ideas mm-hmm. of success. And I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're both like my dad got to be a director before he retired. Good for him because he spent decades getting there. Right. He's retired. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but they each made their own version of success. And I mean, and if we think of it, the, the question really is what do you actually want? What do you, questions, what do you want? What is it that you need? And what does career advancement or career success look like to you? a title, a certain level of income, or even not, maybe you don't have an idea, like a a target number, but maybe it's to make the most, or maybe it is to say like, this is how much my bills cost. Mm -hmm. And this is how much I would need to not have to worry so much about money. I can cover my bills and I can also then have takeout or travel. And my version of travel includes this much money or my version of travel includes this much money, whatever, whatever one person's version is, it's so subjective. And that's kind of the beauty of, of it all really. Your, what you are currently doing right now, maybe one other person's version of like, I have made it. I have arrived. Mm-hmm. And the next person looks at it and goes, "Oh, that's all she's doing. Oh, 
it is so, so, it's so different. Right. Uh, and I suppose that, yeah, just like you said, for different people, different things really matter for us. Right. So I, I imagine for your mother-in-law, maybe for her at the time, she wanted to spend time with her children and spend time with her family and felt that what is important for me really is that, yeah, I have this job. It's great. But I, I want quality time with my household, with my kids, with my I want to be a part of their lives. Right. I don't want to find myself like rising in my career. And then my kids are, you know, like just on their own doing other stuff by themselves. On the flip side, someone else would, you know, I would get my kids, either I get a nanny to, to be with them or I go drop them off at a friend's place or, you know, but my profession, I really want to grow and rise in my profession and all of that. I guess it's just, like you said, subjective for different people. But it's also interesting that sometimes or many times we find that those kind of decisions are made by women. I remember seeing a video some time ago by a popular author, Chimamanda Adichie. I don't know if you know her. She's a Nigerian author. Yeah, and she's, you know, like quite popular. Her books are really, really beautiful and interesting. And, you know, she's she's big on feminism. And, you know, she's like, you just find this kind of decisions, right? That it's women who get to make these decisions, where they're like, okay, I want to spend time with my kids. I want to be there for them. And, and then um, at the end of the day, we is it just the woman who has the kids? Like we both have the kids, right? So we should both um, make time. So if it means that we're trying to, I mean, as a family, we want to sit down and plan these things and, and walk around. Okay, maybe daddy will be around at this time and mommy will be around at this time. We can just kind of plan it as a family. But like you said, it's really subject. It's, you, you need to come to that point where you make that decision to get that, you know? And, and I feel like this is a, a totally different conversation, you know, around <laughs> career and family and those kind of decisions that we get to make and why we make those decisions. But absolutely it's important that there's a, you, you need to have that clear rationale in your mind. So even as you see career growth, as you're aiming to rise in your role, you want to really sit back and reflect, what do I really want? Because mm-hmm. if you don't yeah. know what, where you want to go, Mm-hmm. then you don't have a direction. You have no way to, you have, you cannot make an action plan and a roadmap to get to your destination right. if you don't know what your destination is. Once you right. know what your motivators are, well, then you can start to identify opportunities that are available. So, so often we'll have this one thing that, you know, I want to help people. So I'm going to be a insert helping position here. Right. And that's the only way that I can help people. Well, no, not really, but we can get stuck in that. Mm -hmm. This is the one or recognition. I will get, when I am this position, then I will gain the respect that I am deserved. Well, no, I mean, you can gain respect maybe from that one person. Right. If that's where that's coming from, from a certain influence, but then, does that even matter? Yeah. So I think Why? it's just that Why? you need to now Why? reflect. Exactly. Like you need to, to then have that conversation internally, right? I remember uh, many years back, at some point in my life, I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to fight for the rights of children and, you know, especially around abuse. And that was my drive. You know, I, I, I imagine if I, I still stayed on that path of being a lawyer, probably I wanted to, one day I'll become a chief justice or something. I want to be able to make laws, or I even want to go into the house, the, the Senate, I want to become a senator, I want to become, yeah. I want to be able to make laws to affect those things, right? I'm not a lawyer today, right? I'm in a totally different path. Um, 
Oh, you know, some of those things, you know, you, somewhere in your heart, you feel like there's a reason why I chose this path, or there's a reason why I'm on this path. I want to rise and grow. I want to become a vice president in my company. I want to become a director of this. So it's important to just have that personal reflection on why exactly you want to rise and what exactly you're looking for. And then you can position yourself, right, for, for those things. So let's talk about positioning yourself now. So how can you effectively position yourself in your career, right? So let's assume that you've decided that, okay, I think I know why I want, and I know my motivation um, for some people is I want to make more money. I want to rise, you know, I need more money to manage my family and, you know, I want to buy, a, you know, when I get to that point where I can buy a house and get a yacht and go to the Caribbean, that, you know, when yeah. I have that kind of money to do all of those things, then I know that I've gotten there, you know, it's just different for different people. But let's assume that now you know what you want, you've decided, you know your why. So how can you effectively position yourself for opportunities in your career where you work? Yeah, so that is a really good question. So in one part is, you know, we've talked a lot about understanding your why, and then it's part of your how. So then we go from like setting that goal. And I mean, like, I'm going to put my employment counselor hat on here. And we're like, identify your smart goal. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who's listening today, if you do not know what a smart goal is, do go and look that up. So SMART goal and how to get there. Mm. So your SMART goals are something that is specific, measurable, achievable, (laughs) realistic, and time bound. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, oh no. Oh my goodness. But even someone who has given workshops on this time and time again, (laughs) you have have that figured out. So within that, you know, the specifics, you know, how you're going to measure, like you said, you have enough money, like 50,000 a year. 50,000 will pay your bills and we'll get you this. Or your goal is to earn three figures or 300,000 per year, whatever, whatever your, your goal is and you, you know, it's relevant to you and you have it time bound and you're, you're off and away. Then it's figuring out how are you going to actually get to each of those levels of things? How are you going to get there? And really, you know, the opportunities Oh, actually all over the place. And I think if we kind of rewind a little bit to talking about a woman's career path, I'm incredibly grateful that my career development certificate was actually taught by someone who said, hey, by the way, women do not, in this country, women do not have the same career path traditionally as men because we, A, sexism that still exists today, and B, the fact that the children come out of our bodies. So when that comes into play, it will mess with our career path. Mm. And that is an okay thing. Mm. It happens. It is one of the reasons that there are so many more men at the top. It, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> one yeah. of them though, is because there are so many more men at the top because women had to step back for a time mm. frame or we were just so freaking exhausted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that while we were managing the house the home and the children and also going to work we did not have the same level of capacity at mm-hmm. the workplace or the desire to the ability to really give it our all at our jobs in comparison to our male counterparts. Right. Because we have, you know, if you do one thing well, good for you, you did that one thing well, whereas we're doing all the things here. You can juggle one ball a lot better 
more successful mm. than can juggle 27 balls. Mm. Just a basic statistical fact. Mm. So within that, it's looking for opportunities to make the most of where we're currently at with things. Mm. So if we look at like anyone who's been onto my LinkedIn, you will see me go like all over the place because mm. I married someone with a disability and I moved to a bilingual province where I am not bilingual because of my mm. relationship. I love him. I will never mm. leave him. Like it was very everything mm. that I sacrificed for my career because of my family. I would do it all over again. Within that though, was looking at the opportunities that came ahead of me because of the sacrifices that were being made. So in one part is the employment that you'll seek, make the most of what you have. I cannot tell you how many jobs I have had that the job description I'm hired for A, and by the time that I have left mm -hmm. the job, I'm right. like some other alphabet letter. I'm, I'm on like C, D, E. So just because everybody at the same role has the same job description does not mean that everybody in that role, at that level, at that particular organization, in that particular department has the same day-to-day -day experiences. Right. If you start to look around, you know, when, when you start at a new place, you start to learn who your go-to people are. This is the person who takes the lead in this area. If you have a question about this, you go over here. So the leadership is happening at all levels, at all positions, in all areas. Mm -hmm. You start to identify who those people are. So become one of those go-to people for whatever your goal is you know you mentioned that children's protection and um, then um, legal situations were one of your ambitions that's something that you're passionate about so therefore if I had a legal situation about child care and how do I protect this child what do I legally have like an obligation that I have or you know what do what do I need to do or what's the law around this sort of situation I can come to you even if even if that's not at all to do <laughs> with the actual employment that you're doing, that is your area of interest. That's, that is still, you can still be a go-to person because you think like that, you would have a way then of understanding politics and the law that I don't have. So you can right. become known as the person. So we're all just checking out groceries together, but yet on yeah. the break room, that's how the reputation that you start to have. To boot. Yeah, and it's the brand that you are having within, that you were creating within wherever you are, right? Build your brand, your personal brand, build your brand around mm -hmm. how you want to be known, not just the title you have now, but how do you want to be perceived? Mm -hmm. What do you want the customers to assume of you? Mm -hmm. What do you want your colleagues to assume of you? What do you want management to assume of you? Well, even the public, right? Pardon? Even the public, like you want people to, you want to be able to craft your professional image and your brand, like you said. So, and regardless of where you are really. So whether you're like a new immigrant to a different country or you're just wherever, you know, you're in your country, maybe you're not even traveling, you're right there in your country and then you're working, you know, at different points. I like what you said about, for instance, just, 
being that go-to person, being that team player, being that person, you know, you bring your expertise to the table and people know you for it. And when there's something that needs to be fixed in the office or something, or you know you're really good at, at, at Excel, Microsoft Excel, for instance, and you know, you, people in the office kind of know you're like that go-to person when we need to fix something on Excel, or you know a lot of analysis, or you know a lot of, you know, you're very great with negotiation or something like, put yourself out like, be willing to provide your expertise to the team and let people know what you can do and just yeah. be willing to support, right? And then gradually people start to know that you are able to, to do stuff. And, and somehow when an opportunity arises in the office, they know you, oh, you know, oh, we're looking for someone who's able to, you know, manage this project. We need a lot of somebody with like really great negotiation skills. Oh, they think of you. Oh, I know someone, you know, on the team who is able to do this. Right. Yeah. And, and just being there uh, and being able to provide your expertise to your team is very important. Yeah. Don't hide yourself. I know sometimes in meetings, you know, you're like, OK, I really don't um, want to speak. I'm not sure if I'm saying the right things. So I, I, I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, saying the, uh, saying the wrong things. And then, you know, you're in that meeting and you're not speaking up and you go for meetings, speak up, like share your opinions, let people know your thoughts. Because the truth is, when management get to hear you, those opportunities, as in when an opportunity does show up, they remember you like, oh, there's this young girl, there's this young man, you know, he said this during that last meeting. I think, oh, let's have a conversation with him. Or oh, I think he's able to do so and so, you know, but when we cower in and we don't talk about what we are able to do and what we're able to deliver, people don't know, right? And your LinkedIn, like you said, you talked about your LinkedIn, like it's just amazing the power of LinkedIn and how you can write, you know, write share share professional information share knowledge when things you know you have you do activities in your office or you 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 worked on a project don't be shy about it talk about it like post stuff about it yeah right? like people see those things and when they when an opportunity does show up they would remember you you know and, yeah. and reach out to you and I think if you so if you look at my LinkedIn profile if you all you did was just skim the titles that I have held then my titles are like all <laughs> they're all over the place but also if you look at the titles that I held during those early years of parenthood and when I had incredibly intense family responsibilities that I was not able to pursue a more traditional career path because of my intense responsibilities then you look at my points of proof or my accomplishment statements of what I did underneath those titles of things and the path is quite obvious. If you mm. look at from the time that I was 14 working at Tim Hortons up through to today, mm. it was baby steps. The whole yeah. way was getting, was crafting, shaping the employment opportunities that I had and the volunteer opportunities that I had to be where I was going. So the job that I have right now I was actually hired for this, for this position in a combination of, yes, I had the right schooling. I had an awesome resume because I'm a career development professional. I teach how to write awesome resumes. I am the resume geek, so my resume was pretty great. But the experience that I held was not all paid because my career path has been messy. messy. Even with all of the privileges that I hold, it is still messy. So part of the, the, um, the accomplishments the and the way, the reason that I knew that I could do the current position I have is because of the, the volunteer experiences that I had. When I knew that I did not have the capacity to do it uh, as an employment position, 
or that I, there's no one that's going to hire me to run an organization when I don't have that yet. And I had a baby on my hip. Like you can't, that's not a very common, I shouldn't say you can't, but like, it's not very common for someone to come in with a two-year-old and an infant and take mm-hmm. over an organization. But I developed an entire volunteer organization. I developed a non-for-profit in this region with that two-year-old and the baby in my arms more like strapped onto my back. But that that experience is part of mm-hmm. what I'm like, yeah, I can market mm-hmm. because I did it all. I developed a non-for-profit in that stage of life. It was just volunteer, mm-hmm. just volunteer. But a career is actually not only what you have been paid to do, the actual definition of a career is everything that builds your employment sphere is all of you. Everything with regards to that, your volunteering, your education, as well as your paid employment, that all adds up to a single solitary career. You do not have a million careers. You do not have three careers. You can take shifts in your career. But everything leads up to that. And so when I was networking, which we'll get into that, when I was networking, was presenting myself as a professional. People had assumed when I was building that non-for-profit that I was getting paid for it. I didn't make a dime. I, I, I was working 30 hours a week. Well, you were building your expertise. Exactly. Yeah. But that is a significant portion of why I got the job I did. The other aspect of why I got the job that I did. So I was in the new mom sphere for years, which meant that I was not working in the inner city youth sphere for all those years because I had moved here and I had shifted from community building with the the youth who I love and missed dearly to community building for my children because I needed a community, I needed fellow new moms, new parents. I didn't need new moms, I needed new parents, but the moms were the ones who were home to talk to and to network with, right? So I needed all that. And that was what I had created out of that. So go and network, present yourself how you want to be seen, find your mentors within networking. Mm -hmm. The networking, whether in person or online, huge. Mm-hmm. That is how Powerful. you position yourself. Identify the opportunities. Keep your eyes open, mm-hmm. and you have no idea who you're going to run into in a parking lot because of a fire alarm. Keep your <laughs> opportunities open. Honestly, Heather, amazing how I met you. You know, and it was just a fire alarm, right? And we just started up a conversation. I remember I actually walked up to you, and I was like, yes, "Okay, oh, hey. <laughs> I saw your Instagram account, and you know, we just started up a conversation." Um, I really love it. We're going to end it here, but yeah, I love what you said, and I really do hope that our listeners have been following and have got quite a few tips from this conversation. You know, the power of networking, the power of making yourself visible, the power of building your professional brand, the power of just not cowering in and, and being there, being able to share your expertise where possible. And when opportunities do come, people will remember you. People will be like, oh, I remember that person. I know that person. I remember we had this conversation about so and so and so. And that's how doors open for people, literally. So, um, as we end this episode today, I want you all to um, just reflect about these things. If you feel like you have 
more thoughts on this episode, you feel like you want to share more, please absolutely let's connect on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, follow us on Instagram at my lighthouse podcast and as well as on Facebook, um, where you can just, you know, let's start off this conversation. We'll be having more, more details on these. You can also find the podcast episode anywhere you listen to podcasts. The podcast, my lighthouse podcast, is on Apple um podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you listen to um, your podcast. And you can also find us on YouTube as well. All right. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Please send us a direct message. Okay. And let's take this conversation forward. All right. So until the next episode, please stay in God, keep growing and keep pushing yourself to be a better version of you. God bless you.